Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? It is March the 24th. This is Real Time with Prince Blue. I am Prince Blue, and today um, we have another Behind the Badge episode. But today it's a little bit different because normally I would say I have a special guest. But as you don't know, if you have been living under a rock, I recently, the past three episodes I told you that me and Sergeant Step here are going to um, join forces and we're going to start a show that's going to be completely separate from real time. And we're going to talk about some community and police issues. We're going to talk about all the things that people want answers to. Um, we're hopeful, Hopefully we're going to be able to give you the answer. And if we don't, we're going to try our best to find them, at least give you some take you behind the bags, take you behind some of the thinking of police from our perspective, as if you could give us your perspective of how you're thinking as somebody in the community. Um, so I'm not, I don't have a special guest. I have my co-host, my main man, my, my future partner in blue crime, whatever you want to call it, uh, retired, recently retired, CMPD Sergeant Jonathan Step. What up, Step? What's up, brother? Good to see you again, man. Always, just, man. Just chilling, brother. Just doing, you know, living the dream. Uh, one day. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're living the dream, you know, when you start tweeting me, uh, not tweeting me, you start texting me uh, things that you're thinking about doing now that you're retired. I'm like, man, I've been retired longer than him, and I don't have anything to text anybody and tell them what I'm about to do. Yeah. I, you know, I, so... Must be good, my man. Yeah, brother. How, how's things with you? Anything new? Uh, well, like I said, for um, I just want to um, apologize um, off the jump. I have a terrible, terrible sinus infection. So, um, I of course, I thought about, like, just postponing and stuff. But you know what? I had already promoted everything, and we're ready to go. So I hope everybody understands if you hear me sniffle or if you hear me put it on mute so I can sneeze or whatever. Just please forgive me. Um, I, I figured I just, I ain't call out sick. Can't call out sick. Did you see that so, stealth ninja over here trying to. Uh, who's that in? Yeah, he's trying to bring the drinks crawling on the floor. Oh, would you get up? And this is real time with Prince Blue. If you want to bring your man a drink all live, you could bring him a drink. Damn. You don't have to crawl on the floor. I'm trying to ninja it in here, man. <laughs> it's all good though but thanks everybody for joining us um we're going to talk about some very 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 um deep topics you know there's been a lot been going on since you and i step have um recently done an episode there's been a lot of um shootings there's been a lot of just some evil and awful things and it all ties into police and community and what we could do go for going forward to I, I, I can't even say prevent anymore, but to protect ourselves, because it's at the point now we have to be vigilant in protecting ourselves. And whatever that may be to you, that's all you. I'm not here to tell you how to protect you and your family. All me and Steph can do is tell you how we're going to protect ours and our thinking. And then you can take that and do what you want with it. Um, so. Brother, let, let's let's start into it. We're going to get into the shootings and things, but first we want to start with some some local things. And of course, as everybody know, me and uh, Step here are retired officers with Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department or CMPD for short. 
And, you know, step over 20 years, me over a decade, you know, there, there's there been a lot of issues um, far as morale and coming from officers towards admin. And sometimes we as officers, as foot soldiers, we just feel like admin doesn't get us. Am I am I off there by saying that? Steph? No, you're 100% correct, man. And, and, you know, that's a perception that not only, you know, the line officers, but the sergeants and a lot of people feel uh, the majority of officers you speak to are going to have that. They feel like they're alienated from, from command staff. And that's correct. And um, our, one of the things that's been an issue since you and since I know since I've been on my teams and probably you as well is the uniform. The uniform that CMPD wears has constantly changed over time, and it's been a constant struggle with what officers perceive as physically and aesthetically appeasing to us since we have to wear them and be out there and be in the muck versus practical versus what admin feels is not practical, is not professional, in which they're not on the streets, they're inside an air-conditioned building, going to meetings all day, not chasing, not doing what we do. Mm-hmm. So it just recently came down that um, CMPD has what is not has recently come They've had issues with the 511. They've had issues with the 511 uniform, and they want to do away with that. And they want to add stripes or whatever the case may be to a new uniform and things of that nature. And officers, officers aren't happy because, number one, the 511s are convenient because they have a lot of pockets and they're breathable to us and they're practical in the field to us. And they're a lot more durable than our normal class A wear. And B, also. The um the carrier vest, the vest that uh officers currently wear goes underneath. And I would say like pretty much 80 to 90 percent of officers want to go to the outer vest so it can alleviate a lot of the back and knee issues yeah. that are plaguing officers. Um you you got a unique perspective about that because you've been in on some meetings. Um, about that. Can can you go into that and and tell us what's going on with the thinking behind the uniforms and the issues? Yeah, so I I could speak firsthand on I've I've had I was a a bike public order bike sergeant. So I was part of the first group who who received and wore the outer carriers. They look good. Uh, I mean, as soon as you put them on, man, I'll tell you what, we went to the warehouse and geared up and getting our stuff together and morale, everybody was laughing and excited. They put it on. It was comfortable uh, immediately, especially if you ride a bike, but immediately it, 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 it took the pressure off your hips. No, the handcuffs aren't digging on you. So it's the outer carrier. It's the color of your uniform. Uh, so you have like a polo shirt type that goes up under It's breathable. And then this, this vest goes over and it fits tight. And there's an outer carrier. A lot of people call it a tactical vest. It's not a tactical vest like some of the specialized units like VCAT or somebody would wear. It's not armor plating. It's just a regular, it's three plus, I think is a rating on it. So it's a little more protective, even though it's thinner as a new vest style. But 
it's lightweight. All your gear, it's molly pouches. All your gear is right here. So the only thing you have on your hip is your is your pistol. And if ride a bike, walking around the warehouse, it's it's night and day. The the difference was was amazing. So uh, I, I was really disappointed. Uh, there was I don't know of anyone who who had it that didn't like it. Uh, I thought it looked professional. It fit tight. Uh, you know, if you look at most of the major cities, go or go, go into that, and, and and the main hiccup appears to be perception. Uh, I don't know why I would look mirrored. It, we're not wearing the or you know what you wore in the military, uh, where it's a you know the thick, you know four four you know four plus plates. <laughs> you know, and, and you're going through Baghdad. It's 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 really hardly noticeable that it's uh, other than stuff being on here. Uh, but it was great, man. I'm, I'm really disappointed. And especially with morale being low and I, and I, and, and I've been involved in some of these meetings before and I said, Hey, you want to fix morale? First thing to do out of carriers. That was huge. Right? So not only is it practical, does it, it feels better. It's comfortable, but the health benefits it has taking pressure off your hips, which, which helps the lower back as well as, as you mentioned, the knees. Um, it was night and day. So this is my thing, Jay. I'm just trying to figure out out of all the things to be concerned with and to be worried about, what is CMPD so afraid of about these outer these outer vets? If you have I know that was one of the issues I had medically was my back. I have yep. degenerative back disease and it accelerated the the regular vest that we wear, it accelerated my back issues. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out if you have most officers, a lot of officers who complain about back issues, they had all the data. They had everything that they needed to present the case. What is the blowback? I'm trying to understand. Put, you've been in those meetings. What is the issue that admin has besides it being, quote unquote, unprofessional? Because what is unprofessional about this uniform? Nothing's unprofessional. And, and, and to your point, my little brother, who's a cop for 12 years, had a medically retire for his back. He had a back surgery. It didn't fix anything. He's going to already have another back surgery in. And the doctor contributed to all the gear on his belt over the years and years. Right. So uh, they're worried about, in my opinion, is perception. They're worried about how it looks or certain, uh, certain community members. A lot of people for most people don't care. You know, if you tell most people, Hey, this is more comfortable. They'll, they'll be down. They're supportive. They're with it. Uh, we're still trying to appease the people who don't like us anyway, that are, they're going to make an issue over, over anything. So once they see us come out and we have the vest carriers, they're not tactical care, you know, tech vests are, they're just outer, outer carriers that the vests are inside. Right. So uh, they, they like to criticize them and they use anything they can. And so instead of just explaining to these people, it's for, you know, health benefits for morale for our people, they just cave in and, and, and they don't allow it. And you know as well as me, we both have worn that polyester uniform, which is hot. <laughs> it's miserable. It stinks. I mean, it's it's it's. I feel like a Civil War soldier wearing this thick polyester. You know, like you know, it's not practical. You know, I don't know how many pairs of jeans I ripped. And and our job as a police officer, you know, especially 
at Eastway when we worked there. I mean, it was off the hook. We're running through the woods. We're, we're, you know, changing tires for people on our knees. We're getting fights. Uh, and you're, you're, a polyester uniform is great if you're in a parade or, or, or going to an event, but it's not practical for everyday use. I mean, it's, it's, and, it, it's, and it doesn't accentuate your curves either. It used to always make my belly look bigger. Yeah, yeah, so. right. So, yeah. <laughs> It's, you gain any weight, the, the suit will tell on you. The uniform will tell on you. Horrible. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's the most uncomfortable thing. And, and every time I see a state trooper, you know, here in North Carolina, they have to wear class A's, which is, you know, long sleeves and ties year round. And those, those guys are miserable. So they're about, they're about, you know, Hey, we're, we're troopers. I get it. Right. So if, they, if that's what they want to do, but, but there's no practical reason. There's no tactical you know, the, the, the Chiefs brought up the concern before. He didn't think they were, they thought it was a safety matter or, or issue with not being tactical. Someone could grab us by the bullshit. I'll, I'll love somebody to put both hands on my chest and, and free up their target. Yeah, come in. Yes, come in. Yeah. Don't guard your face. Please leave your face open to me at, yeah. while you're trying to grab my vest. Please yeah. do yeah. that. And there's little things that I, and I, and I, told, I told a captain who was on the morale board with me. I said, hey, you want to prove morale? Number one, vest carriers. Two, think about loosening the policy for facial hair. You, I hate shaving. I've, I've shaved, you know, every day or every other day, <laughs> you know, really for 21 years. I hate it. Can't stand it. Right. So a lot of these larger agencies or they want us to be more like the people we serve. You know, a lot now, you know, facial hair is big. Uh, tattoos. You know, if, if currently now if, if an officer has, has a tattoo showing, they're huge about the tattoo sleeve. So, you know, if there's a use of force and the officer gets in a fight, he's on third shift and wrestles somebody and didn't have his tattoo sleeve on, he's getting ridden up, which is, you know, it's their, their priorities is, you know, let's, let's loosen some of these things up. Morale is at an all time low. I don't care. You know, I've, I've spoken and, and, you know, this opening up the conversation, numerous officers and sergeants and, reached out to me and thanked us for what we're doing and but they're not getting it i don't know if they don't care if if they're just so far up like when i had meetings with putney who i love putney's top top notch guy he a lot of the stuff we're bringing his attention he he didn't even know because he was being insulated from the you know the captains and majors oh yeah everything's fine there's no issue so he didn't know what was going on, on the ground and so i don't know if that could be the case with our current chief uh, nah, would, he knows. Yeah, he I, knows. I, I would hope it's not that he just doesn't care and wants to appease a certain segment of the population who doesn't like us anyway. So you know, and the the activists is who I'm, uh, I'm referring to. But uh, I think it, the where I think it was professional. It, it's there's there's no articulable reason that they shouldn't allow. It. I mean, it it right off the bat be a huge morale boost. It'd be. It'd be huge. I, me personally, I just think that it's one of those things to where it's want to just shut up and do your job thing, like similar to like athletes, like shut up and dribble, shut up, play. Like we pay you to do a job, like we don't pay you to think and stuff like that. But it's like you're not on the ground, you're not doing what we're doing, and you see it. Like you, you get upset that numbers are low. Okay, let's look. Okay. I got four officers out for back issues. Huh. Maybe if 
we can alleviate some of those back issues. Maybe some of those officers to be on the streets, they cause to go down and more visibility, blah, 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 blah. It's just so weird that this uniform thing has been going on since I came on. That was over 10 years ago. Like, it's just, it's just a constant thing to where they're trying to mess with the image of the officer. And it's like, I'm telling you, being out there, I don't know how many times I've gotten out with somebody and my partner has walked up and a and a guy, female, whatever. Oh, I like your tattoos. Where you get those tattoos from? Great conversation starters. They're not like, oh, you're a Nazi. Oh, you're a, oh, you're a neo-fascist. Oh, you're racist because you got tattoos. They're like, no, where you get those tattoos from? Oh, I know a guy at a shop up here. What is wrong with it, people? I don't and understand it. It makes us to the public appear normal, right? So look at me right now. So I did cut my hair today and, and I trimmed up my face just because it's been a minute. But I look like a cop, right? So I, I fit the stereotype as, as, as a cop, right? But if I had a little bit of facial hair or some tattoos uh, and looked like a, a regular person uh, might, might look, I'd be more approachable even though I'm a super nice guy, everybody knows, but, 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 you know, but just, just that look of short hair, clean shaven, that's more militaristic than, you know, I went to St. Augustine a few months ago and the cops there had on shorts and beards and tattoos and, and they were super chill. And, and those are the people you feel like you could go to and say hi or ask them a question. So I don't see what's wrong with making us look, if that's, you know, look professional, you know, have, you know, if you have a beard, have it have regulations or, you know, the hair like they do the hair uh, tattoos, you know, it can't be offensive or anything. But uh, let if you want to prove morale. No, that's number one. Uh, uh, the vest out of cares. Loosen up the tattoo policy. Look, look at the facial hair, revisit that. And then the vehicles in the South Carolina. I don't know why imaginary line prohibits officers. Now I understand if it's, you know, Hey, we're going to issue take on cars and you live in South Carolina, you don't live in the jurisdiction and the people in the jurisdiction, the city of Charlotte and Mecklenburg would come first. But if you're on a, on a unit like as a SWAT or detective, where you have a take on car or you're on callback, you should be able to drive over imaginary line. And I think the main reason they do that for some insurance reasons, because we're self-insured here in the city uh, with our, with our insurance. But it, it didn't make sense that an officer could drive from Steel Creek to, say, Rowan County and be okay within the 45 miles or to Lincolnton. But you can't drive in the same, you know, eight miles down the road to South Carolina. It'd you know, be in South Carolina. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's a lot of things that doesn't make sense. And I'm pretty sure if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. That's the, um, the gist of it. Um, so we also – we. Like we wanted to start talking about there's been there's been a rash of sh- uh, shootings. And before we even go national, we could start in our own backyard. There was a shooting at mm-hmm. North Lake Mall. Yeah. And um, I have the article pulled up. Um, it was. Um, they said the juvenile has been arrested. Um, the gunshot was fired Saturday afternoon at North Lake Mall. Um, the suspect was arrested without incident, according to CMPD. Um, of course, there was off-duty officers there. Shout out to uh, off-duty CMPD. They responded quickly, handled the situation. 
Um, shout out to those officers. I'm glad nobody was hurt. Nobody was injured. But let's talk about this step. There's, there's been um, shootings all over. And, you know, we're going to start in our own backyard. And this isn't new. And we've been having our, our balls are no longer where you could just have a family night, a family day out, because there is that element of people that's going to the malls now. And for some reason, they just want to shoot. And it's getting to the point now you either want to just do all your shopping online or you don't want to go to the mall. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to shop where you live. So I want to get your thoughts on, what exactly is going on right now? Where, where, why do you why where do you think these all these shootings are uh, happening? So, my opinion is there's a couple of things. One is is lack of uh, positive leadership from the home or in the community. Uh, that a lot of people, a lot of these kids that you've seen as well as me, man, and it, it breaks my heart to go now. When, when I, if I say Belmont, I'm talking about the old school Belmont that that we worked you know uh you you see these kids that are you know based on their parents that they're gonna go it's gonna history's gonna repeat themselves and those kids are end up in prison or end up dead right so i don't you know i don't know if as a community what can we do do we we have mentors in in the police department we have uh you know the cmpd does do a very good job with community policing that's something you 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 they, they really do almost sometimes in some aspects too much, but they really do. But what, what do you do? Is it the police responsibility? How do you prevent it? Uh, you know, conflict resolution is the main thing is why these kids, when, when, when we're, especially when I was in school uh, and you were in school, you had to beef with somebody, you'd meet them after school, you would duke it out one-on-one, then probably shake hands and become best friends hopefully later. Right now, they go straight to the guns, man. And it's, and I don't know if it has to do with, you know, the culture. Uh, I don't know if it has to do with just, uh, you know, COVID, a lot of schools been out, more people beefing. Social media seems to be the big instigator, igniter in a lot of these, these confrontations. A lot of it is that it, um, back in the day, you will fight, remember? And, the story will be legend. Like you will have to go like, they'd be like, yo, were you there when blue and step fought? Like, yeah, yeah, I was there. Let me tell you the story. Now you get your ass whooped. It's viral. Now imagine every time you open Facebook, Twitter, whatever you see, you get your ass whooped. You got to go to school. You got to see the comments. You get teased. So now people is like, instead of getting my ass whooped, I might as well just end it right here. But that's the dumbest thinking ever because not only are you ruining somebody else's life, you're ruining your life and you're possibly ruining somebody else's life because I know these people don't know how to shoot. They yeah. they really don't be shooting each other. They be shooting other people. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a combination of everything. You and I have been in homes where you can see it's five generations of nothing. Like, nobody's getting out of there. Like, people get arrested. I went to a house one time where I had to tell a guy to uh, plug up his EM 
and not plug it up in a, um, an extension cord. It was three people in that house on EM. Wow. Three people. Yeah, and so I, I think number one, uh, you know, in, in the, the incident in North Lake Mall was a juvenile, a juvenile suspect, right? So yes. uh, these, these kids, it doesn't matter, you know, you've seen it, they're 12 years old, Robin shooting 13, 14. So, you know, how does not only law enforcement, but how does the community reach those kids? Some of them aren't reachable. So what do you do? I mean, you know, I, I don't think just throwing them in jail is the, the right answer. I think, I think it's, it's education. Uh, uh, you know, if it's social training, you know, give, give them opportunities, having opportunities. And a lot of these people in the neighborhood, man, you know, the older one, ones that are on the, in the, on the block hanging out, man, you know, it's, it's noon and they're in these, these high crime areas. It's hanging out in the corner because, you know, maybe it's, they could be lazy, but a lot of them, they just don't have the, the, the opportunity. Uh, so how do you fix that? I don't know. I don't think it's a, it's necessarily a police issue, but there's a, it's a community issue and a society issue that we should, we should look to fix. Police. It's not a police issue per se, but it is, it, it is a community issue to where if you see somebody that has potential and has the talent to do something, you grab them by the bootstrap. So you grab them by the sneakers, you grab them by the collar. Back in the day, that used to happen. Like if you knew somebody, like if I was messing up, like people knew they was like, yo, blue, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you don't do that. That you know, play Andy or whatever that come and be like, get your you know, you you had the community leaders that we could go to that hey, we're having a problem with with John down the street. What can you do? Let me talk to him. And so, and I and I think CMPD is trying to kind of go to that, have the leaders in the community that are uh, they identify and kind of I, I don't know, everyone really call them, but like community. Uh, uh, I don't know, but but people in the community they, they identify that they tr they try to deal with smaller problems. If it's beefs, try to negotiate. Not, which I think is a great idea. Uh, I I know a couple other places have tried it. It's too early to see the statistics of how it works. But you know, if in my community when I grew up, it, I'd, I'd be a lot more responsive if if somebody that I respect in the community was a leader would come to me. You know, maybe somebody to play football or something. Say, hey, step, get your head out of your ass. What are you doing? And then other than, uh, you know, I was young, you know, we, we did stuff to agitate the police. We ran for, you know, did, did silly things, but, uh, you know, you, you don't have that. You have a little bit of respect, but you just don't have that same respect for the, for authority as you do somebody in the community who knows you or may know your family and that that's, that's pay, or maybe a teacher, maybe it's a teacher in school. Uh, but they're trying to do that. And I think that that might be a, a good way to try to prevent some of this. Yeah, and, and my main issue is I'm still one of those people that, like, I love online shopping. I love it. But yeah. sometimes there's nothing like just getting out, going out, putting I mean, your hands on the material. I see it. I'm like, all right, who's got it? I want to go get it. I don't want to wait two days for it. Right. But now, now I got to, when I'm getting ready to go, I got to go to the safe. I gotta grab my gun. Mm -hmm. I gotta do this. I gotta. It's like it's so many things that's going through your head now. Instead of you just making that trip, getting to the mall, doing what you gotta do. Especially, and, 
I mean, there've been no. Multiple, go ahead. There, there've been multiple shootings, not only at mall, but you you know, you're not, you know, you don't feel safe anywhere. You go not, you know, look what happened in, in uh, Boulder, where you're at a grocery store. The grocery you know, store. I mean, that's that's the place you go, and you're not you're not like looking for threats or worried worried about stuff. I mean, uh, but then what it does to people like us is is makes us more hypersensitive and hypervigilant. And then like now if I go to the grocery store, I'm grabbing my gun before it was left in the car. Now I'm wearing clothes where I could, I, I could take, but she don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, but you know, I don't know what the answer is. A lot of people say just common sense gun laws. I don't know what, what, what gun law would have prevented that from happening. Uh, it's not like it's a felon who, who bought a gun and slipped through the background check. It, 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 it's, it's a complicated situation. Right. And, and and my issue with a lot of people, you know, they're quick to just go gun law, gun law, gun law, gun law, gun law, gun law, gun law. It's, it's, it's the people. It's like you have some very broken people out here that newsflash don't get in trouble, don't have records. So they still can go out and do things like purchase guns and do things. And then they have a bad day or whatever the case may be. And they go out here and they and they do horrible, unspeakable things. And my issue now as a father is now, like my wife would tell you now, like if she's like, hey, I'm going to stop by the store on the way home. I'm like, no, like, come home. Like, I'll go. Yeah. Like, I'll go. Like, no, like, no, I'll go. Like. Just come home, like, like you know, like just just come right home because not even a grocery store trip is a walk in the park anymore. Not even, not even, you can't walk, you can't, you can't go to the grocery store, you, you can't go to the mall, you can't, you can't walk down the street, you can't be anywhere where there's a where's where there's a um. A group of people because you don't you just don't know who's having that bad day or who's been sitting home writing out a kill list there wants to do some things there there you know you've got the crazy people uh who don't care and do things you've got the the you know extremists on the right or left or religious extremists that they don't care and feel like they're doing something good so you have these different categories of people who are willing, you know, my thing is, okay, if they're willing to kill people, they're willing to break a gun law. Right. So, and you know, in the inner cities, you see as well as me is how many times we, we, we pop somebody with a gun, the gun stolen, you know, DA dismisses. Right. So we, we have all these gun laws that, that aren't really enforced. Uh, and, and, and almost to the point where I don't think mainstream society cares if, you know, I worked, maybe you were there too, in one, one shift in Eastway, we had five people shot in Belmont in one shift, right? So, but who cares? You know, it's not even a, a, a blurb on the news because it's kind of expected, you know, people, but which doesn't, doesn't make it right. So, so, so is that acceptable for, for the, if it's black on black or white on white or, Asian on Asian, Hispanic on Hispanic, you know, that, that seems like it kind of flies under the radar, but when, when somebody does something significant, which, which it, it is when somebody takes especially innocent life, somebody's not beefing there, it's just random and 
And, and what's scary about that is it could be any of us. Like you said, it could be your, your wife. It could be your son, your daughter, your mother, your father. Anywhere you go, potentially, even though statistically the numbers are really low, but it could happen. The possibility is there. And you just brought up a fantastic point about you said, like, does anybody care? Is it yep. a blurb? And I'm going to tell you what. People do care. They should. If it, if, if, it, if it happens to the right people. And this is one of those things where you can say what you want, but the media coverage is just different when it's a certain section of people that's out here dying. It, yeah. it, it, just, it just really is. I mean, like you said, like, it can be a massacre on in a, on an inner city block, whatever. Yeah, but you get you get Boulder, Colorado, you mm -hmm. know, affluent area, you know, I, bunch, bunch of white people have have have, have died, were killed. Yeah, put it everywhere. You got an Asian uh, Asian spy, you know, hate crime. You, you you know, you get a whole bunch of black people that die in one spot. The first thing they want to say is, well. Black on black crime. Like, what was it? <laughs> there, or what did we have? Was it you know a few months ago on Betty's Ford where we, how many people did we five killed? Yes, and it it made a couple of blurbs on the national news, man. But those people were were just in the crowd, man. You know, I mean, they agreed. You know, they 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 were passionate enough to 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 meet as a group. They could be, you know. I don't, I don't know anything about any of, the, any of the victims, but, but they weren't committing crimes when that happened, you know, and, and, but that, that, that's barely meets the news media uh, because I don't, I don't think it, it's just, I don't know if it's expected or, or no one cares, but like I said, they should uh, because it's people in our community and, and they feel a lot of, they, they feel left behind. They feel like nobody cares. So I don't know if, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And, and, the thing is, the answer is right in front of us. It, it I mean, it's, it's, it's clear. Like, like I said, like you're going to hear about the Boulder in Atlanta. You're, you're going to hear about that a lot because it, it, it deals with um, gun issues. It deals with um, it deals with affluent. It deals with um, Asian Americans, so you're going to hear about it, you, sure. you, and, and the media is going to promote that. But when you have, you know, inner city and things like that, it's something of expected. Like, let's say if 30 people, Lord forbid, I'm not saying, let's say 30 people, something happened tonight in Chicago. Yeah, they expect it. Just it, it, it's not even an issue. So I had a lieutenant that I really respect. Uh, tell me that nothing's going to change until people in Ballantyne and South Park, more innocent people die. Uh, you know, I don't know if they live in a bubble, but somebody lives on Belmont Island, their life's not even less important than it is somebody lives in on Province and Windover or, or, or whatever. Do you know? I mean, they're still, uh, I, so we, we can't ju judge the value of life based on socioeconomic level, but they, that's what they do. And, and the people who live in the bubble, like long as they do it over there and they don't bother us, we don't care. Perfect step. You, you've done street crime stuff. Yeah. Remember when heroin and prescription pills and stuff like that, it wasn't really a big thing until when? 
It started hitting Ballantyne. It yeah. started hitting the suburbs. Kids right. were OD. Then it was like, right. wait a minute. You know, it's not it, just stuck in a certain area now. We got to do something. Yeah, you're right. So, and 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 then we have, you know, in the East Way, when I was on the uh, True Crimes Unit there, I was a heroin liaison unit or officer for that, for the street crimes. So I attended these meetings and we, I debriefed the, the users when they were arrested and, and, but how, how long has crack cocaine affected Belmont or forever, you know, Pine Valley and, and forever. so, and there were no crisis or anything, no town hall meetings, no nothing. No. So, and it, 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 it's bad if it happens anywhere, but it, it, it seems like it doesn't get the attention of of the politicians or the people unless it happens in their community, too. And bingo, yeah. bingo. The right people, doctor kids are dying. Politician kids are OD. They're getting popped with opioids. They're getting popped with, you know, all types of stuff. And now it's like, hey, we can't have that stuff in this part. So we got to clean this up. Well, hey, you know, the people over here, you know, it's it's destitute. It's going down over here. It's big going down over here. It's a war zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's expected. That's, you know, clean that up. But we can't have it over here because this is what we're trying to promote. But I'm like, no, but you got a whole area of Charlotte that's tearing itself apart, been tearing itself apart. And Charlotte's everywhere. Not, let's not just limit it to Charlotte. Everywhere. It's fine when it's in the inner cities. Yeah. But once it reaches the suburbs, small and areas, town small town America, oh, it's no, we can't have it. We got we need reform. I love that word reform. Yeah. You're right. So that, let's talk about I also wanted to talk about um, you know, me and my wife, we just went away. For um, you went away for the weekend. I saw you cut off, cut off t-shirt, eating crab legs. Look, look <laughs> so I don't eat crab legs. No, 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 no. But listen, so every time we get ready to go, I kid you not, and this is real time, Prince Blue. So I tell the truth. I always, the last thing I grab when I leave the house is my gun. Wherever we go, somewhere, and my wife will tell you sometimes, and I get so mad at her, she'll be like. You don't need it. This weekend, look what happened. Spy, grocery store, mall. I protecting my family is not an option anymore. Like, and then the first thing people are quick to say is, when was the last time a guy stopped the shooting? with his legally registered handgun. And I'm like, people, like, listen, it is what it is, but if you asking me if it's going to be me, if it's going to be my family or that guy, it's going to be that guy 10 times out of 10, yeah. twice on Sunday. And, and, and you know, call me paranoid but you know last week i'm 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 downstairs in my tag ops gear basement you know getting some orders ready my dog's barking and i look and there's dudes coming through the like 
crossed over the creek and like coming up in my, I, you know, I've got some bamboo woods beside me and like by my fence, like in thick brush, you know, and I'm thinking, and so I just happened to put my M4 together that I just got from Palmetto State. And so I put it on. So I threw a mag in locked and loaded. And I went out there a little ready. I'm like, hey, what are you doing in my yard? You know, you're, you're on my property. And uh, he was nice enough to show me his ID. I took a picture of it. Uh, he was from Airwood and Nations Ford, which is 25 miles from here, where the area I used to work in Still Creek. Uh, nice guy, you know, didn't, uh, didn't have a criminal history or anything. But uh, so that made me a little paranoid. And I don't know what he was doing. I called the Baker three guys, which is independent, said, they, hey, do you have a jump and run? Do you have a B&E? Nothing. Uh, but so yesterday when I'm in the yard, you know, blowing leaves and cutting down some stuff, now now I've got my, it could be, you know, just me being paranoid, but I'm carrying my gun on me, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're at your home, you know, with the B&Es and we're in a major metro, metropolitan city, uh, you know, things can happen to you. You know, I, I've I've been to really nice neighborhoods, and I was first on scene on a homicide uh, across from uh, the Palisades off South Tron on a Sunday Sunday morning evening, where the dude left his door open, and suspects came in, tortured him, and killed him. And I go in there and find a guy dead and hold the house until we get people there to clear it. But uh, basically his left door his garage door open and that's how they got in so and then you know after that when i'd come home and maybe and didn't shut the garage door and it's midnight and she's upstairs to bed you know i'd get pissed off uh because i know statistically really low that that would happen but once you experience certain things it makes them real to you and it kind of bursts your bubble you know and you drive through that and you know so so that's a problem with being not in a bubble if you're you know law enforcement anywhere in the nation you know paramedic fire they i was talking to to a uh, a medic today and they experience the same things we do you know and they have the same thoughts and uh issues that that we have but it it it, it to, to makes you so aware of what could happen uh it changes your whole outlook on on life right so it changes your habits and 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 it, and it does just that. And listen, people, I'm not, listen, I'm not for, like, I'm not about to tell you about, you know, it's certain about right to have guns, blah, 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 blah. Listen, exercise your right to do whatever it is that you want to do. That's fine. Uh, blah, blah, blah. As I'm going to do, as I'm going to do mine. But I will say this. As time goes by, we need to understand that. Life is precious. You don't get much, much of it. You got to you got to protect you and you got to protect your family. And you also like we had to say, you you know, say you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And I'll bring that up to because we there recently was a guy that was arrested and he had assault rifles. And weapons that were painted as nerf as yeah. nerf guns. Yeah. Like, don't that's playing stupid games. Yeah. So as a police officer or as in the community, we're walking around 
and you see a grown ass man with a Nerf gun, or or you see a kid with a quote unquote Nerf gun pointed at you. Now what I just told you, mm-hmm. can you assume like you can back in the day that that's the toy gun? Yeah, or even there was an incident a while back where a guy did that with a uh, super soaker when that was big, made a gun out of look, look like a super soaker. Uh, so it, like, what can what can, what can you do now when you got people playing stupid games like that? Yeah. Like, what can you do? Like, you you and you don't know who you. That's why I have a rule, and my dad, my mom had it for me, like. They didn't believe in kids and toy guns. You know why? Because kids point guns at people. Sometimes you won't be able to tell the difference. Blah, blah, blah. So if you got a Nerf gun or some gun and you're put, like, how do I know you're not a vet who has serious PTSD issues? Yeah. And I see you and my son comes up to you and points, here, you just did three tours. You done been through some shit. And now you see my son pointing a damn Nerf gun at you, and you, you may, you may go back. Oh, danger! Yeah. Like these are just the things you got to think about. Now we're no longer in the position of where we could just assume that everything is everything. Am I am I wrong? No, you're you're hundred percent right, and that that's what's scary is, you know. I, I was talking to somebody today and I was like, Hey, you know, if, if I, I was watching that video from Nashville where I don't know if you saw the officer was trying to arrest a female and she tried to run back. She ran back to the car. Uh, he trying to pull her out and he pull, she pulls a gun and shoots him in the in the stomach and he ends up shooting and, and killing her uh, is I, I could imagine what's going through his head. Hey, this is a black female. If I'm too aggressive with her, I'll get in trouble or the perception of it. But if he was too aggressive to begin with, he could have got jammed up, but instead he ended up having to shoot her after getting shot because he wasn't aggressive enough because maybe he was, he was worried about, you know, kickback from the, uh, the perception, you know, and, and, you know, automatically you and I, we've been, we, you know, if you're out with a female, you're, you're not as, as, is elevated as you are human nature, human nature. So, yeah. So, but, but the reality is potentially statistically not, but potentially they they, they could kill you. Right. So it could be, it could be a a 10 year old boy. It could be a 90 year old man. It could be a 70 year old grandmother. It doesn't matter if they have the means to to do so and they want to, they could try to. Right. So, uh, but so I'm like, you know, I'm thinking back and I'm looking at that scenario in Nashville. I'm like, what if that officer took care of business, maybe was trained and took her and put her in a lock and put her down on the ground and put her in handcuffs. Well, she would survive. He had to use force and then he gets criticized for using too much force. So there's that fine line of not using enough force and then shit hitting the fan. You get killed, you get shot, she gets shot, she gets killed, whatever happens. Uh, And it's, it's it it all it's all on hindsight, you know. It all depends on what happened. Well, if she got a gun, she shot him, and he had a shooter. That's great, but could it have been prevented if if we allow him? Hey, if you get, you know, I told my people, 
if you got to punch somebody in the face, punch them in the face, right? So uh, we're trained on how to use force, when to use it, and what level to use. And if you if you overuse it, you're held accountable. But we, we need to let our people use the force that they're allowed to use so things don't happen. But but there's that fine line, either you, you take care of business too early and you're a bad guy, or you wait too long and it escalates and bad things happen, potentially. And don't, these are some of the things that police officers have to make split second decisions that people get a lifetime, the money, money quarterback on. And these are also decisions that the community get to make now because the community gets to pretty much do. I want to say pretty much do whatever is necessary because at the end of the day, we always either don't do enough or we do too much. Yeah. So we're never going to win. Like, we're, like even even though everything that happened, I guarantee you there was still somebody that said, well, that officer could have did something different. Like, no matter what the scenario is. You tase them. Like, you tase them and then you prevent it, then you should have tased them. I mean, it's so it, they, 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 they don't use the reasonableness. You know, it's not people always think, well, Officers have to use the least amount of force. No, no it's it's a it. We're, we're defined the Supreme Court rule as long as it's reasonable, right? And right. and you know the, that case law comes from Charlotte, which a lot of people don't know. Uh, but you know that's that's Connor's dad who set that case law. Oh, big Connor! I shot the Connor. I saw him at the gym too. Man, he, <laughs> Yeah, him, him. all all the forty fives was missing. I was like, "Where's the forty fives?" And I look, and there's this big old black guy. And I'm like, "Yo, can I get a forty five? Oh, what up? Shall he's doing he's doing a warm up at like six fifteen. I'm like, I told you, man. Like, we we out here. We'd be a foot chase with somebody. And I'm like, 60, 25, I'm a guy one running, and I'm chasing after the dude, and and Connor's running backward. He'd be like, "Hey, dude, you good? You good? Yeah, all right, I got him." <laughs> Come on, man! I'm like, I was like, I was like, quit chasing people. You gotta let me catch somebody, man. You're cheating. But since since I came into since I was a rookie, I kid you not, like I would get snacks out the vending machine, or I would have snacks for like the corner store. And like I remember one time I was eating M and M's. I kid you not, I was eating M and M's. Connor comes in, and he's like, "Give me those. You don't need those." And he just starts eating them and walking off. So for the next 10 years, I had to legit hide my snacks from that man. Because if he saw me eating anything that he didn't think I should have, he'll take them from me. I'm trying to climb over a fence to get over it, you know, pull myself up, and he comes and just runs through it, or he just <laughs> jumps over it. I'm like, man, come on, dude. You made me look bad. Uh, like, you, but you know what? One of the most humble, one of the most uh stand-up guys that you could work with but man i'm telling you for 10 years like he was legit like i'm a grown-ass man so another grown-ass man would take my snacks it was like prison like he was like what you eating there what you got doritos give me those you don't need those and he would take them what do you say to him walk off. You, you want you want my uh my m and but um so um I wanted to also talk about like people uh, there's this thing to where you, you've been, tell me this, we've been here, we've been here, 
where um and it's going to tie into the community as well we make a traffic stop uh i tell people all the time because people sometimes people be like why does officer have a gun on their hip when they uh when they approach the car why are they slow approaching the car blah 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 because when we pull you over a good cop He's already done pulled up your history. So he knows if you have a history of drug offenses with drugs, it means guns. If you're a violent person, if you like guns, blah, 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 blah. How many times have you pulled over somebody and you read the history? You're like, attempted murder, attempted murder, uh, assault an officer, assault an officer, assault an officer, put it on, put it on, put it on, put it on. And this person's driving. And these charges are recent, are fresh. And I say that to because. We're locking these people up <laughs> and they're leaving the jail before we get out. And if it's if it's homicide and saw the deadly weapon, whatever robbery within hours a lot of times. Homicides, you know, there's been there were several incidents last year and the year before where people are out on bond for homicide and end up killing somebody else. They, they shouldn't ever be released. Uh it's and and I tell people all the time, you know, people people would get take it personal if you know, say it's late at night, we're not, you know, any area, but a high crime area, especially, you know, maybe we respond to a shot fired call, we see a car pulling off, we stop it for a traffic violation. So we're we're our level's a little higher, and they get offended because we don't know who and I and, I, and most people use I don't know who you are. Well, this is my mom's house. Okay, I don't know that. Until I, until I stop you and talk to you, I don't know who you are. You know, if you're just kills, I don't know. I don't know anything about you. So, so don't be offended if I stop you for a legit reason. I don't know anything about you. Just because you're stopped doesn't mean you're a bad person. I've been stopped. I'm a. I told you a white dude who looks like a cop. It is a cop that I've been stopped for uh, probably 32 times. You know, and I'm a white dude, and so I don't. I don't have anybody to blame for for that, but other than me speeding. Maybe expired tag, maybe driving a little crazy, but I'm just aggressive driver, right? So, uh, but they, I don't take it personal if I get stopped because I'm, I'm probably doing something wrong. But even if I wasn't, uh, the cops don't know anything about you unless you do the history. And then if you pull the history up and, you know, you're getting behind a car and you got time and, you, and you're pulling it up and you got all this stuff, you're like, dude, you know, it, it raises your, and they're like, well, I, I hadn't been convicted. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> You're a bad dude, you know. You know, yeah. And and until you prove otherwise, man, I'm going to assume you're going to try to kill me, right? So I'm, I mean, I'm right. not out, but but uh, they can't blame us for being on edge, man. We, you know, our main goal is to go home to our families. We, we got a job to do. We're sworn, sworn to protect the community. We're not stopping cars in these areas because we get extra money. We don't get a kickback for for arresting people stopping cars. It's because we, t- we take a vested interest and we see something, we, and we act. Uh, we you know a- what? I'm, I'm glad that you said that. Um, I'm glad when you said that um, we're, um, uh, we don't know who you are. Um, we're just going to, um, we have to figure out who you are. And it goes both ways because we're going to say one way, we got to say it the other way. When, the, when we pull somebody over and they're upset and they're cursing at us, Blah blah blah. Like we don't know what interactions they've had with police before. Yeah. We don't like the you know that one family, I'm not gonna say their name, but they start with the R. They're notorious in Charlotte. They have a bad relationship with the police. 
So whenever we pull them over, we know if they're yelling, if they're a little hostile, it's understandable because they've had a bad history with police in this city. And we get that. So, you know, until we figure out what's going on, that's part of that filling out process. That's part of the investigative process. That's part of the quote unquote verbal judo part. So it it do go both ways. Community, we understand. Like if you're pissed off that you got pulled over, you can yell. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. like why are you stopping me? Hey, this is why I'm stopping you. Blah blah. blah. And we understand you upset. It, it, I get it. If I get pulled over. You may be inconveniencing me from getting somewhere. It's it's okay. So, and um, I, I, I can tell people that you know most people, most officers aren't just trying to write a ticket. You know, they're trying to investigate something, find something. Damn thing. So, so you know, we're looking for guns, drugs, war people with warrants, right? So uh, maybe you know we stop a car, everybody's clean. We cut them loose. We're not we're not worried about the seatbelt or tag light or speeding or cut them loose. But the problem is, my work, my advice to people is just just cooper bitch afterwards, but co- cooperate. And most of the time, you won't get a ticket. You know, if you tag, I mean, there's 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 officers who write tickets, and that's fine. They're, you know, that's our job is to write tickets. But uh, most cops, we, you know, we're going to call to call to call. Or we're looking for bass. We're not looking for the brim, you know. So if you stop a car and they, you know, the tag's been out for two months, and then everybody checks out. But if they get an attitude and the tag's been out for two months, you, the, they might end up getting a ticket. But you're right, you know, you, the officers can't take it personal if someone's upset. But it doesn't help them, you know. In the to, and, ho- and hopefully the officers be like, hey, dude, look, I hadn't done nothing to you. Just chill out, you know. But but I will say this, step, because you know, as the resident black guy on this oh yeah, yeah podcast on this show, I will say this: the whole just cooperate, comply. We've seen where if you just got it, and you know this, sometimes you just have a dick ass officer. He's just, he's just, he's just the worst. Like he just, he's salty. He's just made up his mind. He's gonna fuck with people today because he can, and you could be. 10 to 2, yes, sir, yes, officer, and he's just trying to find a way to get under your skin. You're right. They're, 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 and and I'm, I'm the first one to say, like I said uh, in our first broadcast we did, is, you know, the thing I, I, I always ask, do, do assholes become cops or do you become assholes be, because you're a cop? But but you don't have to be. And, and so many people, uh, these, how many cops are assholes to us? I mean, you know, other cops think they're, they're just fucking assholes. And some of them are good people. Some of them are just, you know, then they're just assholes. You got to get to know them. And others are just fucking assholes. And 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 that's the worst thing we could have because it, it you know, it there's they're assholes to everybody, especially. So that that ruins it for all of us. You know, we we, we have most of us have compassion. We have common sense. We're not just out there trying to ruin people's day. We're just trying to do our job, get a paycheck. You know, we have a calling. We feel like we, we want to catch. If you're not a bad guy and you know, don't have warrants, don't have a gun, a legal gun or, or drugs, you're going to get a get your stuff fixed and get out of here. You know, I mean, you got a little bit of a weed or something. Weed's not a big deal anymore. You know, hey, we'll turn it into property and get you out of here. Uh, it's, there's no need to to 
to escalate it. You know, I mean, I got you, and I got you, but you just got some, and we've been there. That we've been on calls where once sometimes during the call, or sometimes when it's over, we're like, "What the fuck was that? Like, what what is wrong with you tonight? Like, like I had that under control. Like, why are you? Why did you? Why are you trying to rile this guy up? Like, come on, yo, like." Happens, help me right? help you yeah and some and sometimes you know I've, I've had a fucking pissed off day and just pissed off and i just want to punch them on the face right you know which right wrong or indifference we all have bad days but you can't let it we can't take it out on then then we turn into the bullies right if we take our right. aggression out on somebody else so you always have to check yourself or check your partner like we talked about before but i also bring up so so apparently, have you heard anything about the new training they're doing? Uh, I guess the state's mandated, and it's kind of like a, a response to resistance, red man type type scenario training. Uh uh-uh. uh So <laughs> apparently, in service training is and I, it it it's called something like response to resistance. The state's mandating it, but so they have to. It's kind of like red man. Remember, I don't know if you had to do red man in the academy where. Yeah, I like Shrek, Riddle, Connor. Yeah, just some beast. You know, they take fifteen of us to 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 take down. <laughs> so you, you have a partner, and you go in, and and most of the time when we're in training, through other than the, the initial academy, they index it, which means okay, you know, it's like in before it goes hands on. So they usually train, and okay, then then we start wrestling with them. That all right, index, you got it. So, but now. You have to, which which I think could be good, but it's it's exposing a lot of people getting hurt. <laughs> it's exposing some weaknesses that some of these newer people are like, wait, they're not listening to me. You know, we actually have to put hands on people. But the concern I've heard is they're kind of like, hey, just go in and take care of business. Where they're concerned if we're training people like that, if we really do that, then they're worried about getting in trouble. So. They don't know if the training is consistent with the philosophy of the department. What happened to police work is dynamic. I can go to nine. I can go to the same house 10 times and nine times out of 10. That person has been sweet. Like Officer Blue, she's at it again. I'm so sorry. I forgive you. That 10th time, he's not trying to hear it. I show up. He's like, fuck you, Officer Blue. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on today, but I got to take care of business. Yeah. Like, take care of business doesn't mean going there like the fucking A-team. It just means going here, assess the situation, do what you got to do. I think so many times people are so concerned with the perception of, so are you training officers to take care of business? Are you training officers to go in there and be counseled? Like, what are you training us to do? So and what should be the thing you tell an officer before he goes into a house? And is the training consistent with how we want them to, to be in real life? I mean, if we were training them one way because the state's mandating it, and, but then in real life, we're like, well, no, you need to de-escalate more and, or do whatever. It's, it's not consistent. So and if that's the case, we're just setting officers up for failure. And we're not communicating – the big thing is uh, before when we had the other chief that we brought up was the the inconsistency of the chain of commands where, you know, if someone's trying to kill me and I'll say, put your fucking hands up, you know, 
I'll get written up, but in other chain of commands, nothing would happen because they're like, that's the heat of the moment. So there's no, there weren't any consistencies. And now, you know, in that letter FOP sent out, which I, I'm, I'm glad our FOP is taking a more proactive stance, calling some of the stuff out. And, and, but there, there, there's an issue uh, with, uh, so, so say for instance, you know how this works. I explain it to people. So I get an allegation of excessive force, right? So I'll go, uh, the chain of command rule on it, which in since I was a sergeant or say uh, officer blue, I'd rule on it. The lieutenant will rule on it, captain will rule on it, and the major. And the major would say, okay, well, it needs to go to IA or go to IA prior. So then IA looks at it, uh, does the investigation. They don't rule on it, and they send it to an independent chain of command board, which means it's not your direct chain. So you go on a, you go on a board. We've got a board hearings. And uh, you have the opportunity, if it's a use of force, if it's search or seizure, uh, and there may be another one, where you, you could recommend the – subject matter expert board to take a look at the case and rule on it. Right. So these are people, they say use of force squared away people who are trained and have extensive knowledge and uses of force, our policy, state law. So they look at everything and determine if that use of force was, was justified based on training experience, state law and our policy. Well, there's been multiple issues with officers going in, their chain of command rules in their favor, right? So the sergeant through captain, maybe even the major, and it goes to, to, to a board hearing. And this, the one I'm speaking of, you know, the sergeant, lieutenant, captain ruled in the favor of the officer. And then I think maybe the civilian and the major said, no, it was excessive use of force. Uh, and I brought this up with Putney when we had some morale meetings and, and we talked about the influence. Is and is that right that a, that a major, you know, a random major, you know, we don't know his his late level of training and experience is able to overrule the entire else, the entire chain of command as well as the subject matter board, expert board who are experts in their you know their different ranks, but they're they're experts in uses of force. They know the policy and they know state law, and they're being overruled. And officers are getting really jammed up. Good people that are getting jammed up based on majors. I mean, so wh why even have a, a, a complete chain if the only, the only opinion that matters is the major, uh, you know, and, and I, we talk a lot about perception, but the perception is that maybe they're being influenced by the corner office, which is the deputy chiefs and chiefs prior to the, the hearing. And it's probably preset. And that's and, and I don't know if that's true or not, but that's perception. And, and it's hurt morale. It's 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 messed up some good officers. And I, I don't I don't feel like that. That's right. If, if a subject matter board rules on something and then it's reasonable based on training, experience, policy and law, then how can one person maybe without the expertise say that it's not and then sustain the violation and there's you know the, the officer could appeal it to the chief but i can tell you that the chief or deputy chief or they appeal is not going to overrule the major i don't know if that's ever happened and that's and that and that's the problem is it's, it's pretty much i don't want to say a death sentence but you, you, your fate is pretty much chosen 
So what's the purpose of a board? Are you just going there to reiterate that I fucked up? Okay. But yeah. if I don't have a chance to redeem myself or if I feel like I'm being railroaded, it's not a board. It's more of a sentencing. And I've been to board. Yeah. And so that whole time, you know, it was two or three months before you go to the board, your productivity shot because you're worried about, I can't have something else happen before it gets in trouble. Right. So you're just kind of stay low profile. So you're not really doing your job like you should. Uh, especially if you get convicted, I say convicted, but the allegations sustained, uh, it kind of hurts morale. So now if it's justified, it's justified regardless if I agree with it or not, if, 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 if it's justified, but, uh, but the stress that it has on the officer and the, not only the officer, but the family. And sometimes it doesn't take the four weeks it's supposed to, it takes three, three months, four months, uh, and if you go in and try to justify or explain what you did and not fall on the sword, as they like to say, then you get, you know, you might get 30 days off. Now you get 60 days off because you're trying to take up for yourself. So, it's, so if I go and try to take my actions, then they, I'm not getting and they hammer me harder. Right. So I've been in that type of board where, you know, you know, you fucked up and you're probably going to get some time off. And it's okay. I'm a no excuse person. If I fucked up, I yeah. fucked up. So right. following the sword is natural. Yeah. Like I don't. I'm not that. Well, this happened because now it's the difference between like when I was in my shooting, I have to explain each round and what I was thinking and why I did that. That's okay. But yeah. like a violation, you know, sometimes there is no excuse. Like yo, you, I fucked up. Like I had a brain fart. Okay, cool. But when you have 99% of the board recommend one thing and then for the major to override and say, no, I want X, mm -hmm. what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why is that major so – then you got to start getting into, okay, have you ever been in an issue? Then we get into that whole thing. What's your background? How many people have covered something up for you? Should you even have a white shirt? Should you even be a major? Like, so why are you trying to fucking hammer me? Stories. And you're sitting up here by the grace of a hand, knee pads, whatever you want to call it. You're a major now. And now you're trying to hammer other officers. Like, what's going on? Could you imagine if back you hear the stories about some of these guys if they had body cameras and stuff back when they they were on the streets and I mean and then and then to have those body cameras the video slow motioned and every second of it judge and what they said and their body and their I mean it's you you the first thing that happens like we talked about before if you get to use the force is like shit I hope I don't get in trouble not hey it it causes you it causes you to hesitate not hey I did the right thing or that that. You, you worry about getting in trouble for doing your freaking job, man. And and my 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 five year anniversary is in two days of my shooting when uh when Andy got shot and you know I told you I shot thirty two rounds. Suspect was shot. Uh, my partner got shot. He shot um, the bad guy shot somebody. That's five years in two days, and uh, it's you know it's what do you do? I mean, it's, but it makes you think. Think about it. 
Think yeah. about my shooting. You heard about my sh- my yeah. shooting was on nine eleven. Yeah, it was, it was it was V's first day as a sergeant. First night cut loose. Hey, I'll tell you what. It's your first night cut loose. We're gonna have one of your officers be in one of the biggest clusterfucks that this department has probably ever seen. Yeah. That, that if you was to write a movie, nobody would believe it. And and that's when when because it's funny to hear V tell that story because he's like, dude, you know that's when the sergeants didn't have any any charging school any training. You basically, you know, you're an officer Friday night. Saturday, you're a sergeant. You go and give roll call, and the other, the other sergeant says, "Here's your keys. Call me if you need me." And I'm out. And you're like, "I don't know what to fucking do." And then you go. And he shoot, learned that night. You go and shoot people. Love him. Fuck yeah. Love him. Shout out to Sarvi. Love him. Love him, man. I tell you, I was never happy happier in my life to see a white man come to my rescue. Like, <laughs> you want to talk about somebody that was white as chicken? I was like. Like everything just slowed down, everything was to a crawl, everything was in slow motion, and then you just see SRV coming around the corner. He's like, "Hey, Blue, it's gonna be all right." It was him, and it was Graham, Graham. Officer Graham. Shout out to Officer Graham, man. Cool as a fan, man. Yeah, I I had to. It just so happened I had I couldn't have asked for two of the most coolest officers to be there for. I'll tell you what, my shooting. Yeah, Steve, uh, Grant, Grant, you're talking about from Providence, Graham, right? Yes. Got retired. The legend. Legend. <laughs> so he played football in college like 60 years ago. Some dude was old, but he looks like he still could play. Dude, <laughs> man, I've, I've been in foot chases with him. Dude, that guy's a freaking good cop, man. But like he, he, we, I was working four shift, and we had a foot chase or something, and Graham would catch him and. We'd get back there and I got him step. He got his black and mild smoking the black and mild. Oh, the black, oh, the black. Oh, never left his mouth. Yeah, I was like, damn, man, what the fuck out of you him? Like, you're like seven years old. How do you? And I'm <laughs> hard. He's just on top of a man. But uh, yeah, beast. Beast, man. But um, this has been great, man. Um, did, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us again. Um, I hope that we was able to get some. Um, Get you some good, interesting takes and some nuggets. And please, like I said, um, if you guys have any questions or any comments or any concerns or anything that you want to talk about um, anonymously, offline, we're all for it. Me and Step, we're all about the brotherhood. We're all about keeping stuff close to the vest. So if it's something that you want us to address and you don't want your name tested to it, we'll do that. Like I said, the one thing about me and Steph, as we go forward doing this show, this live stream show, podcast, whatever you want to call it is, the best part about it is that him and I can speak our minds, we can say what we want to say, and we don't have to worry about no repercussions, no paychecks being cut, nobody um, telling us we shouldn't have said this, we shouldn't have said that. So now is your opportunity to get some answers, to hear real perspective, no political talk, no politician, no talking out both sides of our neck. Whatever Step and I say to you is how we feel. It's not coming from the department. It's not coming from FOP. It's not coming from anything. It's how we feel. It's our experiences. And um, we just hope as we continue to grow and expand that you will join us more and more and you will spread it, spread the word and get it out there. Um, Step, anything that you want to one, one, we're doing this because we care. 
not only, you know, some of it's bitching about real issues that we feel like there are issues affecting morale, not only in Charlotte, but all over the country and public safety. Uh, but also uh, we're, we're trying to find solutions. It, we're, we're trying to open up a conversation with, you know, community members. Everybody's welcome here. You know, you don't have to be a cop or in public safety. You know, if, if you're a, a wife or friend or community member or somebody that's been to prison and, and anybody's welcome here and, and give us your input. So we can't come up with solutions unless we have, we all come together. It's not just us talking about police stuff and in, in LA area, but we got to come up. We can't just bitch about stuff. We might bitch, but we, we need to come up. We bitch because we're raising the, uh, the issue and trying to get it fixed. But uh, also want to uh, make sure that everybody thinks if you're from, you know, Charlotte, Frunzy, and his family are going through a lot right now. Uh, super good dude. We give him a shout out before. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, he, they're good people. I can't even imagine the pain they're going through. But, but keep the keep him and his family uh, in your prayers. And if you you're from Charlotte, you're with CPD. You, you know what they're dealing with. But uh, they have two precious sons. Uh, the the that are dealing with a lot with, with a cancer. So, uh, keep, keep them in your prayers. They've, they've been through a huge struggle and, uh, we need, we need a miracle to happen. So just, just keep them in your mind in your prayers. Please do. And that's well said, brother. Um, make sure that in everybody, like with everything that's going on, if this doesn't make you call somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time, or try to find out why you're not talking to somebody or bury some hatches. I don't know what will, because here today, going tomorrow, we yeah. have to, we have to let go. We have to let go. Um, and I have to grow as well, because sometimes I'm a I I'm the worst person that I can't let go. I'm petty as shit. Like it's it's some stuff I still hold, but. As I get older and as I see things that go on, I'm like, I, like my wife says, she's like, you can't give that, you can't give your energy away because you can't get it back. And that's something that I want everybody to do. Please just reach out to your folks, check on people, check out, check on your friends, uh, say a prayer. Even if you say a prayer to yourself or whatever it is that you do. I'm not telling everybody to be super, but whatever it is you do, take care of each other because at the end of the day, that's all we have. Yeah, reach out. If you don't have anybody to reach out to, reach out to us. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy. I don't have to know you. Uh, yeah, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. Uh, I'm not a counselor. I'm not, but I've, I've been through some stuff and, uh, you know, my little bit of wisdom I have, I'm, I'm willing to help you out anyway. You at least, at least, at least you have an ear to, to bitch about. So, you know, so feel free, re, you know, reach out to me on Facebook. My name's at the bottom, John Step. Can't miss it. Um, TOG4280 on TikTok and Instagram. Yep. And as for me, I'm at Real Prince Blue on Twitter, at Real Prince Blue on Instagram, and just Prince Blue on Facebook. I don't have a TikTok. Um, but hey, I want to see that. Uh, uh, and wants to see the military picture. Which one? I don't know. She was talking about the military picture you got or something. Uh, I need to see. 
I only have this one and this one. So she's going to have to let me know which one you're talking about, but I have a lot. I know in this one, I was the only one facing the wrong way. I was a rebel. I don't know why I always <laughs> do something hard. Huh? Maybe that's when she's like, you, you got to tell Blue to show you his military. I was like, what military person? Maybe it's that. probably that one. Everybody's facing the right way except me. That, that sums up my military <laughs> career. You get about face when there's... Oh, she said the paddle. Oh, the paddle. Oh, the paddle that... um. Oh, yeah. That North Tryon gave me on the way out. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much they're... Um, one of the third shift guy is a former Marine, and when he found out that um I was about to retire, you know how they get the money up for the plaque or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, "Well, I hear y'all, I hear y'all talk about blue a lot and how you're going to miss them. So let's do something different than a plaque." And he said, "Um, I could do a Marine paddle for him, but the thing is, he said about a Marine recon paddle is." Whenever a person would get it from a unit, if one person said nah, then they couldn't that person couldn't get the um, marine paddle. So he went to everybody and everybody was in agreement that I should get one and he did it by hand and this what they presented to me oh. instead of a um plaque. So yeah, man. Like this is day, right? I mean that's good stuff. And I do want to give a shout out to uh my two lieutenants in, in Steel Creek, they took me to lunch today and presented me with. Let me show you. Oh, what'd they get you? The only thing I got from CMBD, but this was, they they had, they did this. So, oh man. Beautiful plaque. They took me to lunch, paid for my meal. I feel like we're on a date with no. Uh, <laughs> and, you but, didn't have to do nothing for it, yeah, did you? I didn't, I didn't have to pretend, but they. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they know who they are. Love you guys. Thanks for uh, for the for the love and support. You guys have been awesome. Absolutely, man. So, everybody, thank you for listening. And more is gonna more to come. Um, like I said, me and Step, we're working on our own show. Like, soon as we get logos and everything together and everything, we're gonna launch. Trust me, you're gonna know. We're gonna be doing more of these. So it's. This isn't going to stop. Um, please um, make sure you um, pass it along. Share this uh, video. Um, the download will be available soon. And everybody, please be safe. Protect yourselves. And always, always, at least if you're not going to be truthful, at least be real. So um, later.